Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Blast from Our Past Network. where we watch a movie from your childhood and have a chat about it. I'm Emily Slade and welcome back. You've watched it so many times before and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it and now you show it to your friends and they're like, what? What am I watching? Why? What? Why? Why this film? And I'm joined today by Grace. Hello! Hello, Emily. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's Lovely great. to have you. And your chosen movie is Annie 1982. What is your relationship with this movie? This was a film that me and my sister watched over and over and over again. Nice. Uh, we both have quite a love of musicals, and that's come from my dad, which mm-hmm. you wouldn't really expect because he's yeah. this little geezer who um when we were children was working as a dustbin man uh but he loves musicals and um so we had had loads that we watched over and over again but annie was a particular favorite it was on a double vhs so it was annie first followed by oliver nice so it was like the orphan bumper edition yeah yeah yeah. which children singing (laughs) Yeah, children singing and they have no parents. Um, And also, as children, like, we always preferred to watch films about kids because we could relate better. So we just watched Oliver and Annie over and over again. But Annie just has such a special place in my heart. I fell in love with Miss Hannigan. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there will be so much to talk about. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so... This is, yeah, me and my sister used to dance around and um, sing the songs and pretend we were orphans. It was so much fun. So. I love it. We, like, Annie's one of those movies that I don't remember the first time I ever watched it, and that's really rare for me. I'm usually really good at, like, oh, my first experience watching this movie. But Annie, I think I was it was just on when I was, like, being birthed. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was, like... <laughs> It's Annie. Like, of course I've fucking seen Annie. Like, of course I've seen it countless times as well. Um, I have to say, controversial, but I need to get it out from the word go. I don't like Annie. But what I do like is about 20 minutes of Annie. Mm -hmm. And those 20 minutes are some of the greatest 20 minutes ever. And it's, it's Miss Hannigan. It's Carol Burnett. Yeah. It's um, Bernadette Peters and it's Tim Curry. And every time they're on screen, it is the greatest movie of all time. Yes. When we're doing literally <laughs> anything else, I'm like, ugh. Even yeah. as a kid. Yeah. I... <laughs> bring it up so much that you have to watch it so you can enjoy the bits with them in it. I yeah. But, um... Now, saying that, I watched it yesterday, and I've marked all of the songs out of ten, because that's the kind of thing I do. I have heard. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
got a rep. <laughs> doing that. And um, I, songs that I'd given very mediocre marks to, I then sang for the rest of the evening because they're just in your head. Even though I'm watching them and I'm like, this is mediocre. And then you go upstairs and you're just like, sing, singing it constantly. Oh, yeah. I mean, just before I, before we um, called, I, my landlady had gone out and I was singing how I was almost his baby, maybe, at the top of my voice, <laughs> as just like, soulfully as I like, and I was just, because maybe one of those songs that is just, it's just a lot of reprises, really. And so, but I was just like, going for it. And oh, it, yeah. It's in your head. Like, the thing is, with maybe, is, it is such a shame that no one knows it because you think of Annie and you think of tomorrow and unfortunately yeah. tomorrow has been tarnished with this brush of absolute cringy musical theater at its absolute worst sort of <laughs> child's shrieking like because I was talking to my friend afterwards about it and she was like the trouble with the Annie songs as well is when you sing them you, you have to sing them in that sort of like <laughs> but um maybe is such an underrated gem of a song it's so subtle yeah. and beautiful and melodically pleasing and sweet and heart-wrenching but it's always pushed to the side for tomorrow and it's like fuck tomorrow fuck off like bring back maybe <laughs> like it's such a sweet little number um and it's always overshadowed by its like ugly big sister <laughs> I mean, although something that surprised me about tomorrow, and I, it's quite a bit later in the film, so I don't know if it's the right moment to mention it, but when she sings it to the president, and she, it's the only bit where there's any a cappella singing, and yeah, it's that's a good point. actually quite lovely and it's quite, quite sweet. moving. I have to uh, say, usually you think of like the tomorrow, tomorrow, and it's really over the top, but that was actually just a moment where, because this film is full of stuff, yeah. and that was a moment where this film is stripped back you can just see daddy warbucks just out of focus in the background just kind of going oh wow this child's amazing and um oh yeah i kind of i completely forgot about that moment in the film and that see, surprised that's funny, me because that's one of the few bits of the film that i always remembered probably because it was so startlingly lovely as a kid mm. there was like three things that I remember from Annie all the time and one of them is when she ran because it's so fucking random as well it's like why is she going to see the president like why is Jane <laughs> Hoover in this movie like what is happening like what who is Daddy Warbucks and why does he know the president um who is everybody <laughs> so weird why is he oh I've got so much to say about Daddy Warbucks <laughs> um so problematic but uh yeah but it's it's the one yeah you're right you think of tomorrow you think of the girl on her own sort of shrieking it but actually it's quite because the adults then join in they save it and they make it really lovely and it's quite yeah. funny as well and it's cute so that's always one that i remember randomly um so yeah let's go through the songs now okay yeah so, um I'll give you my mark, and then I'd, I'd like a mark from you as well. Oh, okay, right, yeah. I, there's only one that I have actually already put a mark in ahead of time, nice. so the rest will have to be on the fly. I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> so we open with maybe. Well, we we technically open with, like, a tomorrow, but, like, we'll ignore that. Um, yeah. That's, like, the, uh, what's it called? The Overture. That's the one. I was like, oh, ensemble? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> I do. I, I would like to, like the credits at the beginning because I didn't realise till recently that this film was made in the eighties. Yeah. Because I was thinking of it as a child. I watched it along other old musicals. I, I used to love watching Calamity Jane. That was one of my favourites. Oh, Calamity. Yeah, another another day. Um, <laughs> but like the way that the credits are done at the beginning with the, the photos and who's in it sort of thing, it just really already gets you in that kind of mindset of this like 1930s, like yeah. old school or 19... Like, like Fred Astaire yeah. sort of musical. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so that's why I, I had no idea it was made in the 80s, which yeah. I should have realised because one of my acting teachers was down to like the last three for Annie. What? Uh, yeah, I, one, I had an American acting teacher and she always talked about how she got so close to being Annie. Oh my which... God. <laughs> so I really should have clocked that it, maybe it was a more <laughs> recent film because she ain't old. So... <laughs> you made this film so long ago <laughs> um but yeah so like yeah obviously overture with tomorrow and stuff but i really i did love that kind mm. of the way that it gets you in the mood already yeah it's that sort of credits at the beginning vibe that they don't really do anymore and you're used to seeing yeah. like those big old mgm musicals type thing Absolutely. so yeah i agree uh, it's, it's brilliant and and tomorrow plays over that and then we come in maybe and she sat at the window and it like oh god it's just so lovely it's such a lovely so 10 out of 10 mm. like straight off the bat 10 out of 10 i would yeah yeah i think <laughs> no i uh, i wrote down um this is the point where you actually see annie like as this her kid who's waiting for her parents and that is heartbreaking the reason i'll give it a nine out of ten is because it's not like a full song yeah that's fair and that's and maybe that's me being unkind to it but it is like it's just a it is lovely and it mm. is, i do love it and i love how it's used throughout the film but because it never becomes a i mean maybe that's what's good about it yeah, I, I love a reprise and maybe is like all reprise yeah it's, it's like it's never <laughs> but then I listen because I love it so much I seek it out on Spotify and you can listen to the like sort of full version from a Broadway production so I'm um, used to hearing it as like a big old song um so maybe that's why I'm like it's perfect um, like, <laughs> everyone sings it as well like Daddy Warbucks gets a chance to sing it the orphans get a chance to sing it Annie mm. sings it like She's super cute. And like, I thought you were going to say to leave room for places to go in case something got better than this one. But um, I found a way to combat that. So don't you worry. Oh, great. About Good. marking stuff too high. I've over, overshot the marks you earned. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then go into hard knock life. And it's, it's, it's a nine out of 10 because like, it's, it's iconic. It's like, it's very it's good it's a it's just good it's just good <laughs> it's, like... it's brilliant um i had talking because obviously i'd been watching the credits i didn't know that arlene phillips had choreographed the film i literally said the same thing i was like mom arlene phillips choreographed this and she's like who and i was like the woman from streaming come dancing i think yeah. <laughs> i never knew what she'd done and now yeah. i know yeah like, Annie. <laughs> and though i mean throughout the dances are incredible and hard knock life 
there are flips, there are cartwheels, backflips. Those, those girls are rehearsed within an inch of their life and they're all giving it all the face, all the, I got ridiculous hard, hard life, which they have, and just bringing it. And I just like, I'm so impressed by the performances they're all giving. Yeah, it's, it's an explosive opening number. Like the way they like throw cloths of water onto the floor and like, push mops around like it's so aggressive and like really? then they'll go into like tap and like ferociously tap on these like hard wooden floors and you're just like oh yeah it is a hard knock life it is so, and it's so nice to see, especially like being a little girl like it's not dainty it's not dainty yeah. in the slightest. they not are fragile. no they are and and the fact from like even the first scene they have a fight in the dormitory yeah. like they are, they've had a hard life and they're living it and they they're bruisers and I I like that it's it's really yeah. like throws you in there and makes you go wow okay this is a life to deal yeah. with but... and like we can be that as well we can fight and we can rough and tumble and we can like stand up for ourselves like there's a little orphan for everyone as well do you want to be like the tall bully one or do you want to be the like <laughs> small cute one like but they're oh all my still goodness. Like... oh my goodness <laughs> it did get to the point my mum was like if that girl says that one more time I'm going <laughs> to the screen and throttle her i was like leave her alone she's like seven um, <laughs> but yeah and hard knock knife has been used by like pop stars it's been rehashed and redone and like everybody knows it you like and everybody knows it's from annie as well i think mm. um i suppose i'm gonna also give it a nine out of ten it's yeah. it's up there for me it i really think it's brilliant i mean it is you're gonna find out i really like this film That's uh. <laughs> <laughs> i expect nothing less <laughs> um th but this is the thing though when it's good it's so good yeah. that's the thing with this movie that's why i struggle with saying things like i don't like it because i a lot of it I, a lot of it i am like my eyes are rolling into the back of my head and then within two minutes it can save itself by being one of the greatest things i've ever witnessed again and like it's just just it's so we i'll get into it why like why i have such a weird relationship with this movie but i'm glad that i'm with someone who like outright loves it because maybe you'll open my eyes to what i'm missing and appreciate yeah. it more. <laughs> i hope so because <laughs> <laughs> then we get to dumb dog which is a song she sings to the dog that is like not integral to this movie <laughs> There are exists. a lot of moments and lots of scenes throughout this whole film that are not integral to the plot or and anything. I think that's what I have a real problem with. Like, it will just wander off. That, like, like when we're with the president, I'm like, what? Why are we with the why? president? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Um, and the, at the beginning, they make this whole palaver of her finding this dog, and she's to keep him safe from the dog catcher but then the warden takes her back to the orphanage but then she gets to keep the dog and it's a whole dog the dog the dog and then the dog does one thing and then is like never seen again in the entire movie like i mean he does turn up quite a bit like he just doesn't become as integral as he was earlier on like. yeah i think that's it he's sort of used up and then just sort of yeah. there and like you know i'm not saying they should have him like 
trying to tear Tim Curry off the bridge at the end or anything to make use of him, but like, I don't know, something just he does like, save Daddy Warbucks from the Bolsheviks. But that's so early on. He like yes. earns his place at the house, and then it's just like, cool, that subplot's done. The dog's just here now. <laughs> but then like, but that's like, why is that? a problem like it's it should be fine but for some reason i'm so pernickety with this movie that i'm just like i don't buy it that dog needs to be used more (laughs) yeah (laughs) i feel i feel like they do use him a lot at the beginning so i don't have a problem with and also at the end he does show the the orphans how to get to the house and stuff and a very good point so i feel like because there's you can overuse animals Mm, yeah like and I, I like dogs and I think he's gorgeous and so fluffy he's and so I want fluffy. to cuddle him so he's much. So lovely. Um, <laughs> but dumb but dog the... is again a little bit like the way uh, it, that one really is a bit of a nothing song. I, because... can't, I can't even tell you how it goes. Dumb dog, why are you following me? That's it. <laughs> Could have been spoken, let's be honest. Didn't need yeah. to be in tune. <laughs> it's so short as well and it doesn't lead into any it's like it's literally like they were just like oh we've got some dialogue let's just put a melody to it for a bit that's sort of what it feels like because it's not like a song no the the kind of the end of the words trail off but like a covering another scene where she's not even singing anymore yeah kind of almost used as a screen wipe segue yeah Yeah. (laughs) just like I've given it a four out of ten. Yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, hmm, I probably give it a. I'm gonna give it a five because I do that's... sometimes get it in my head. Still, it's still got a bit of catchiness to yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. It's not ever one that I've like coming into this movie this time around. There are a few songs that I was like, I vaguely remember how it goes. There were some songs that were like. I watched this every weekend without fail and there were some songs that I was like I didn't even realize this was in this movie and, and Dumb Dog was one of them uh, so when it happened I was like oh there's a song ha- oh the song's over <laughs> um, and the same goes for Sandy which is the next song that we have yeah Sandy uh, yeah that is again it's a bit of a nothing song but I mean I I like the um I like the interaction between the orphans in that song. Yeah, it's a cute it's a bit of a, study. Yeah, I like that kittens would frighten him. Like, <laughs> that's something that I always think is fun. Um, but I didn't, I realised I didn't quite understand what the lyrics were. Because uh, ah. I thought, oh, I'll watch it on su- subtitles. Just so, like, there's if there's things I've not picked up on, this is a cool opportunity. Because there's so much detail in this film that I completely had no idea about until mm-hmm. re-watching it and um i always used to think it was dullafin dog which isn't a word yeah i always used to think this that's the perfect name for this dullafin dog i was like wow that's how i see it <laughs> and then it was dumb looking dog which oh. makes way more sense <laughs> um. <laughs> i love that i've done that all my life where you just slightly mishear something but you're like seems legit and yeah. then, like, you realise and you're like, I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that makes way more sense. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fun fan of um, of Sandy. I would probably, I'd give it a three out of ten. Not wow. bothered. Yeah, yeah, same. I got four. 
Because it's just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not essential. It's an, it's, it's an opportunity to give the orphans a solo line each. Yeah, pretty much. For when your kid's starring in the like high school production of it and you go so you can hear her sing, Rofa! <laughs> and you're like that's my child <laughs> you buy the vhs just like so you can never rewatch it again oh, yeah, yeah it's a bad one it's a bad um then this song so annie gets picked out by grace who's come here on behalf of daddy warbucks to pick out an orphan why who knows pr stunt Seems yeah, weird. Pretty much. What dick move. Um I mean he does his whole like attitude, he's very aggressive, very money driven. So an opportunity to show him as being charitable in this time of the Great Depression um probably makes sense, but it is still a very random, like, yeah, sure. It's I'm like very much publicity stunt. Like I don't think he ever intended to hang out with her. Which is why I'm so confused as to why the entire staff are like oh my god there is an orphan here and this is the best thing to have ever happened to any of us and grace his like secretary who's like 21 is like over the moon and just obsessed and it's just like this orphan is now my life and i'm like you have a very well paid job that keeps you very busy and I'm not saying that that's the be all and end all of everything but I just I'm baffled as to why all of you are so obsessed with this child and that comes out in this next song which is I think I'm gonna like it here now for everything I'm gonna say about this song it is so fucking catchy <laughs> and you will never get it out of your head <laughs> Every now and then, just in life, I'll just be like somewhere, and then I'll just be like, "I think I'm gonna like it here." Like, it just <laughs> doesn't. Just... Um, don't they do it in Family Guy at some point? That just made <laughs> yeah. me think of Peter Griffin singing it. Um. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like it's a beautiful dance number. All of the staff do like ballet and tap across the beautiful hallways. But I've seen better. Nothing against Darling Phillips, but I've seen musicals that do that sort of like all the servants are doing a dance number kind of thing. I don't know. It just. I don't know what it is about Annie. It just felt like they took the Broadway musical and they decided to film it. And beyond that, no one really had any innovation or imagination behind it. Does that make sense? Like they were just like, we're just going to film it. Stop me if I'm wrong. But I think I just, that's why I never found it so memorable because I was like they they're just filming them doing some stuff. I'm I'm not so I'm not so sure because I well okay I've only ever seen the West End adaption of it, um, and I've I did a youth version in my youth. Oh, lovely. I shall get on to, um, but I remember watching that and thinking how simple it was in comparison. And there are lots of songs are different. They've added things in and made more of other things and taken other songs out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what they did with the film is they filled it. They right. put as much glitz, like as much stuff in as they possibly could because mm -hmm. 
those dance routines, there are a ridiculous amount of people. You oh, could yeah. never have that many people in a cast, like, and yeah. each one's in a big number. Like, with Hard Knock Life, like, there's so many girls, there's only five that we really follow. Yeah. And then they all disappear as soon as the song's over. <laughs> so and it's really, like, just those five girls again. Um, <laughs> And, and I think that's what they're doing with this and they're adding in so much dancing going, look at these go- like this gorgeous building, which I believe mm. Daddy Warbucks is the building that is, in, is actually a university or a oh, museum cool. or something like that. But yeah. it's, they've, they've got the sets, they've got the costumes, everything's grand. They can show off lots more of the details. There's so much detail with little comedy bits like that for me, I think, really stick out. Like, there's this just a stupid little bit where there's these two old men and they look to each other and they're like, we've never had a little girl, we've never had a little girl. <laughs> and it's a tiny little moment. But that, like, you wouldn't get that. If you were watching the stage production, you wouldn't get to see the detail of those two having that moment or playing on the organ or seeing Sandy have a bath. That's very true. This doesn't mean that I love this song, but I think there is a lot of detail that's- in it. It's very true, actually, the more you pointed that. But then I think my brain was wiping it off as, like, they're just trying to fill time. They're just trying to put stuff on the screen to, like, because they can. But then also they easily couldn't have done. So I think you make a good point. It would have cost them a lot less. It's very true. They had done it just (laughs) filming the Broadway version, I think. Yeah, that's true. They have have spent money Mm -hmm. on this film, like, with just the sheer amount of people. I think it... It, it made a lot of money at the box office, but it didn't actually make any money because it cost so much. So they were like just able to cover their like expenses, I believe. I think. I yeah, and that. I hear I but from a friend because I didn't do my own research because I'm terrible. <laughs> um, she was telling me how it was like slated by the critics. Oh wow! Uh, because because it was so overproduced mm. because it had so much going on with it. Uh, and I think that's my problem with it. I love. I love a story, and like, it's funny because some of my favourites are Oklahoma and Calamity Jane, which I would say get to the point of the story and there's very little that I need to fast forward. Um, But then people will argue that in the middle of Oklahoma there's a ballet dream sequence, and I'm like, but everything that's good needs a ballet dream sequence. My life needs a ballet (laughs) dream sequence in the middle of it because that's a good thing. Um, I've never got all the way through Oklahoma. I just get my nerves so much. Oh, no. I'm so sorry to tell you that. No, it's funny, though, because, like, I think it's marvellous. I think every song hits the nail on the head. I think it's brilliant. I've yet to really meet another person that shares my opinion. Most people are like, either it's fine or, like, it do- it's no King and I or it's no Sound of Music or it's no Annie. Like, yeah, there's something about Oklahoma that it's everyone's just sort of put it in the meh box whereas i'm like take it out of the meh box and put it in the <laughs> best thing that's ever been made box um yeah yeah it's interesting um and yeah i think my problem with annie is that i feel like there's so much to fast forward through yes but like <laughs> is i do that a bad um, thing I I, yeah i mean i remember there's definitely certain bits and definitely later on towards the end of the film there's bits that we fast me and my sister always fast forward through sometimes because they were a bit scary rather than <laughs> because you enjoy it but I um I actually the thing that made me want to watch the film again is that my my friend had said that uh, her children had recently got into it and they've been watching it every morning and I was looking oh. after their nearly two-year-old one morning and we watched it again and 
she was glued to the screen. Oh wow! And that's like for re- for smaller children to be so into it, and and I kind of thought like watching it again as an adult, thinking, well, maybe that's because of the detail, yeah. and that's what kept me glued to it watching it again because there were so many things that I'd never seen before and that little comedy yeah I mean obviously mostly with Miss Hannigan but even in like the there's a bit I'll talk about later on that just cracked me up earlier um (laughs) but it is to do with the servants and there are little things going on with Drake and Mrs Pugh and tiny little things that you might not notice necessarily but they're there so somebody thought about it it's so true and in terms of like your attention span you're sort of watching something and then you get to flip to watch something else and then you flip back and then you flip to something else and then you flip back whereas other musicals perhaps have which is what perhaps i'm comparing it to and craving maybe i'm not sure is those long still shotted sort of just dance sequence like we're just going to watch these people dance for a bit now um, and that's not what's not happening in Annie. So maybe I was like, ah, I don't register this and therefore I don't like it because it's new and different. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking the rules. <laughs> Breaking the rules. Um, it's interesting. But in terms of I think I'm going to like it here as a song, I, I ha- as I keep saying, I have a massive problem with everyone suddenly being like, this is the best day of my life now that this seven year, 10 year old is here. Because they are all, like, fucking obsessed. They're all like, Annie, look, I got you some flowers. Annie, look, I bathed your dog. Annie, look, oh, we're going to give you silk sheets. Ah! It's like, you have enough to be getting on with. Like this, Maybe, maybe they're really bored and unhappy. Maybe that's it. And this little fresh orphan off the streets is like, wow, great. But to me, I was always just like, she's not that great, guys. <laughs> you all need to calm down. Yeah, I suppose... Like, I think the way that, like, like when they when she first comes in, they are, like, kind of giving her the, like, what the fuck mm-hmm. sort of eye. But until, like, Grace goes, right, okay, this is what's happening. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And I love, like, the, her little boss walk walking along when they're going, yes, yeah, miss. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fixed. Elevator fixed. Yeah. And I think because Warbucks has been away and you, so at the end of that song, when he comes in and he's just like, this, this, and this, uh, you know, do this, do like they've been waiting they're on they're they're ready so it's almost for me it's a bit like the br guest moment in um beauty and the beast because they've probably maybe warbucks has been away for a week and they've just been doing what they've got to do and and suddenly there's someone someone new someone young who might actually bring some joy into this place that's a good point which whereas because daddy where he hasn't got any joy he's yeah he's loud he's miserable driven by money and grace is lovely and pleasant and somehow completely in love with him yeah weird. um but it, suddenly there's something that's going to mix things up and i think that's that's it's my justification why they're no, so it's, excited it's true again i i can't help but watch this as like me being like 11 years old and watching it and back then i was like why all these people acting so weird and like i understand the realm of a musical and that things happen that might not make sense in reality but even then (laughs) i was like i think they're trying to base this musical so much in reality that it's conflicting with itself by being a musical i don't know the song itself i've given it a seven because you can't help but hum it but i when it's on i'm always it's just 
it's just the same thing. It's like, we're gonna do some stuff for you. We're gonna do some stuff for you. We're gonna do some stuff for I think I'm gonna like it here. It's just like, yeah, it's a nice house, hun. Like, you came from an abusive orphanage. Like, I think yeah, you're gonna like it. Of course you're gonna too. like it. You don't have to clean it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do like the actual, as a song goes, for me, it's more of a dance piece. Yeah. Like, Showing off, showing off the garters of the maids. <laughs> I noticed. I was like, "Oh, there is a lot of leg on show." <laughs> I didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, but as an actual song, it's it's not got a huge amount to it. So I I would give it a six out of ten. Yeah. yeah Even though I, I enjoy it, but it's yeah. not. And it's always like, "Oh, it's that one where she first gets to the house." Like we all know it, we all hum it, but it. It's, it's nothing special. Yeah. Nothing special. Um, <laughs> so then Annie's there for a bit. And um, is this where I feel, because I'm going to sort of interject with stuff that happens in the movie before we get to the next song. I believe mm. Sandy makes his reason for staying just before this song starts, um, which is... I don't know if you found this as an adult. As a kid, I, I probably didn't register what was happening. And I was just like, oh, I get it. Because, like, the camera is telling me that it's funny. But then as an adult, I was like, that's fucking hilarious. And someone tries to break in and, like, kill Daddy Warbucks with a, a, a hilarious 1930s <laughs> bomb. Yes. Um, you can see it. It's fizzing away. And uh, the the magical ethnic minority picks the bomb up and yeets it over the hedge, turns around, it blows up behind him. Hilarious. And then you're in the office looking through the window, just in the background. I love a thing where someone's like talking on the phone or doing something serious and in the background, shit is happening. And that's exactly this scene. So all of the staff suddenly are like martial arts experts and they're like beating up this intruder. (laughs) These two body cards. Just in the background. And it's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I really enjoy it. It was very, I kind of didn't, like watching it back, I was really surprised that um, the character of Punjab is played, I believe, by Trinidad, Trinidad, Oh, I can't say the word. An actor from Trinidad. Yeah. <laughs> Trin- Trinidadian? Um, Trin- Trinidadian, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> get the word out. Um, but, like, it was kind of like, did they just go, oh, well, this is this is an actor that's not white. Let's Hon- stick him in a turban. Honestly, like, I didn't even look at... He... It's not a true movie musical if you don't have some problematic racial stereotype. And... Here you have, it's that era where we, we, I think we probably still had India and um, you got your magical ethnic minority who probably has like three lines in the entire movie and yeah. is legitimately magic, can make things levitate and every time he does you get that yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, ah, stop it. Same with the little princess. And all of those ones, yeah. Oh, the white but I do. Like, is... I like. I like him. Uh, yeah. And... Like, he's got the most amazing eyebrows and the most amazing mm. eyes, and he's beautiful and he's cool, and he just does everything with a little bit of a smile that just makes me almost go like the actor is kind of going. Yeah. 
It's true because these characters are always the coolest characters and it's because they don't speak so they have an element of mystery. They are legitimately magical which is fucking cool. Um, They bring a sort of different atmosphere to the movie whenever they're in it. They bring lavish beautiful clothing and but but they're so problematic and they're they're always the like sidekick but that like sort of sagey wise sidekick where yeah like like in robin hood prince of thieves and stuff like that where it's just like oh my culture means that this is fine like i'm allowed to be your slave because it's i'm cool with it like it just it's weird i mean he saves the fucking day like he literally saves the day time but it doesn't excuse the fact that he's like there are only two two (laughs) actors that aren't white in the whole film i believe there's one um like orphan that's not white maybe yeah the rest of the film like is just completely whitewashed which like yeah and like (laughs) it's the 80s they they probably weren't thinking of ethnic diversity and it's just unfortunate that where they did have it it was with a horrible tropey stereotype character who has some brilliant moments within the movie but overall as a thing it's just sort of like a yeah like ah hello the 80s what were you like (laughs) um and i wonder if if you do a production of Annie nowadays, which they did back in like 2015, 16, something like that on Broadway. I only know that because of the Tony's opening with Neil Patrick Harris. And he brings the entire (laughs) castle. Um, And I wonder if they had the character of Punjab and if they did and how he was represented and... I don't remember, like from the West End version, I don't remember that character even being in the show mm-hmm. and in the adaption that i did as a kid that character wasn't in the show so i feel like they're they've been added in for the film yeah add more because obviously somebody that rich would have some badass bodyguards who could yeah. like it's weird though i never saw magic. him as a bodyguard i did always just see him as like a like a trophy almost like mm. a maybe that says more about me but it's because that's what they I'm comparing it to A Little Princess a lot because that was the same. It was like the old man and he had his like, again, he was a sort of carer, bodyguard helper. Yeah. But they never, they were never seen doing that kind of thing. They always just sort of stood there mysteriously being like, I have brought the magics of India with me. Um, yeah. Would you like to see a tiger? And it's like, no, oh, oh stop. <laughs> sorry, we're culturally appropriating all of you all the time. And I'm so sorry. Um, but it's a nice bit of comic relief in there. Comic relief words. It's funny. Would you say that Annie is funny? I would. I'd say it has some of the best moments of comedy, like physical comedy, but that is all f- mostly from Carol Burnett. <sighs> so, like, uh, her comedy throughout is just a masterclass in slapstick and timing, um, which just is, like that's so much but there is i think there is comedy throughout in the other characters it's just because she's so good and also like um uh, rooster and lily st cryer obviously tim curry and bernadette peters are also incredible as well but i think there is there's little bits of there's, there's humor in the fact that daddy warbucks is the way that he is and the way that the people are around him i think there's 
there is humour within that. It's just not maybe as laugh out loud funny as some of the other things that we see later on. That's true. That's a good point. I'm very excited to get talking about that trio of musical theatre royalty. Um, they yes. Are about this movie. <laughs> um, so then Daddy Warbucks is like convinced to go to the cinema. Uh, yeah, I think we might have missed Little Girls. Oh, we have, we have. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my God, <laughs> I apologise. I, I, I forgive you. Because Little Girls is one of those songs and this specific version by Carol Burnett that I will just put on YouTube and watch daily. It's got 11 out of 10 from oh. me. Oh, it yes. is fucking fantastic. It is, you've, you've said it already, it is a masterclass in absolute fucking comedy. The song itself is brilliant. It's a great tune. It's great melody. It's a hilarious lyrics she plays it so well the way she does the little voices all the time oh yes there's the moment with the the gin glasses where she's putting the twang and rule of classic rule of three because on the third one she gets the sound right and then she then proceeds to fill up her glass with as much gin as she possibly can and it's just the little 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 my sense of humor and she like rips oh, the head off the doll um the way, the way she, she dressed oh the costumes for miss hannigan the whole way she holds herself constantly because she's got like through from the very for, from her first entrance to the film like there's the music with it's just like you've always got the miss hannigan theme tune she's coming and she she turns on those lights and she's swaying and she's like did I hear singing in here? <laughs> oh, and it's just every little hand movement, the quiver yeah. of her voice. She is trying to keep her shit together, yes. but she's so drunk. <laughs> All the time. And she... Oh, God. I love seeing her interactions with other adults as well. Yes. Like, when she's trying to show... Well, Throwing Mr. Bundles into the back of the van, a bit of rumpy pumpy. Uh, never used rumpy pumpy, but I've used it just there. There we go. Um, <laughs> it's it's appropriate because it's 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 literally so appropriate. And she's just she's and and in front of the the police officer, in front of Grace, she's suddenly trying to like seem like she's this adult that's got her shit together. Yeah, that's and so in charge she's and so fabulous. And th but constantly the girls can undermine her. She undermines herself. Yeah. I guffawed at so, yeah, her, her going from her slamming Annie back into the cupboard. She comes back <laughs> with <her> grace, <laughs> slams down onto the floor. And, <laughs> and then she just gets back up and just like, and uh, how would you like, like, you just carries on with, as if she has not just completely stacked it. The slapstick that this woman provides is just magnificent. Oh God, I love her so much. She's not, what's wonderful as well is that she's a brilliant villain in that she's like a Disney villain where they get that perfect mixture of threatening and a little bit scary. But yeah. when it comes to the crunch, she completely is like not there to kill you. And, um, and because she's so easily undermined as well, it takes away her threatening nature. So it's like, we can laugh at her as well, which is yeah. the best kind of villain. And 
little girls is just Carol Burnett at her absolute finest when she's pouring the vodka into the bath and she's like, oh. I'll land in the nut house with all the nuts and the squirrels. <laughs> and you're just like, fucking yes. <laughs> she's just, and I think, and it, she absolutely what you say is that perfect balance uh it's that comedy that undermines her that does makes her less scary but she is still threatening and it's just this human who is fed up with her lot yeah she wants romance she wants love and she deserves it <laughs> she, i mean she's just become a drunk and she just treats these kids like shit and they treat her like shit because she's a shitty person but you still love her. Mm -hmm. I love her so much. And I think a lot of that does come from Carabinette. My first note is Carabinette wins this film until 42 minutes in, which is when she clinks some bottles in Little Girls and at the window appears our gift from God, yes. Tim Curry. <laughs> and then you're like, oh boy, <laughs> here they yeah. fucking come. Um, oh, that, that is a, such a brilliant moment you're seeing her just like off on one because like I'm sure as as a musical theatre lover yourself you will be in the house on your own going for it oh my god whether it's a musical that's actually been written or one you've just made up because you're <laughs> in the kitchen and you're singing about making sausages like mm -hmm. it, if somebody was watching you yeah. through a window doing that like <laughs> perfect because she like she like nuzzles back in and then immediately mm. sees him and is like has the perfect reaction as we all would if we were suddenly walked in on after and, and like obviously without it goes without saying that carabinate is a, a fine 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 musical theater singer effortlessly belting sondheim queen like so of course you've got that on top of everything else mm -hmm. um and then we meet her brother Rooster, oh, wow. played by Tim Curry, and his new girlfriend, Lily St. Regis, played by Bernadette Peters. Oh. oh. They're they, They're marvellous. And just, and that's such a small little scene. Mm -hmm. Just there, like, where we, re like, actually, they have, they're, they're in the film so, so little, really. This, this was always my problem with Annie. I was like, more of that, less of... Daddy Warbucks and Annie having a chat about something. Fuck that. <laughs> like, bring back Tim Curry and Carol Burnett with Bernadette Peters in the background and the comedy of when they first arrived. Like, Bernadette Peters has been there two seconds and she's got all this shit hidden in her corset and she's just, oh, like, yeah. bringing all of these beads out of her, like, boobs to, like... Meanwhile, Tim Curry is, like, stealing all of the money and, like... And you're just like, these three people are criminals and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's just perfect. It's great. It's such a joy. Like, I got so excited. I stopped what I was doing and I was like, everybody shut up. This is one of the best parts of this movie. We have to watch this song from start to finish with no interruptions. And then <laughs> that scene ended and we come to the scene we talked about earlier and I was like, mm -hmm. okay, never mind. Carry on. Yeah. With what yeah. we're all doing. Um, and, and yeah, so we have the whole thing with the, the Bolsheviks and... Um, and I kind of like just listening to what Grace was saying. It's like the, I don't know, is it is it meant to be American propaganda or like they like because yeah. she's so she says like oh when Nanny says oh why would the Bolsheviks want to kill Daddy Warbucks and she's like something along the lines of well he's proof that 
the American dream works. Yeah, which I was that's like... A, not an exact quote, but it... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, what I, that's what I read it as as well, and she's like, she's, she's proof that this system can work for anyone or something. Because I think the idea was that Daddy Warbucks was an orphan, which is why he wanted a Ooh. boy orphan instead of a girl orphan, and he built his way up, but then... But the whole film is set in a time when things really weren't fucking working. So is that a jab at the time or not? Yeah, because Great Gatsby is proof that the American dream doesn't work. And same era. Um, What's a fun little fact, because of the era that it's set in, uh, America didn't have alcohol. So we can only assume that Miss Hannigan is making her own alcohol. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which she 100% is doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's what that bath is full of. Yes. Yeah. Like I made vodka. Brewing. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand the sort of politics within Annie. I don't... Because I know it's based on a, a cartoon strip, um, yeah. which I imagine would have a lot more politics within it if it's in a... Think, yeah, it was a cartoon strip, dur- like, during the Cold War. Mm. Was it? Maybe. Something no. like that. Oh, and I think I'm my history wrong. The fact that but, he was uh, called War Bucks can't be. Oh shit! Like, do you know what I mean? Because I, I think in my the mind. original, he made money by selling weapons, which he is doing on the phones. Like, you hear him like like saying, "Oh yeah, I've got all these wep- like these armored such and such a things, and yeah. I'm working on glass that's bombproof and stuff like that." So he is. And arms dealing. Inviting Annie into his house, as heartwarming and life changing as it is, he doesn't then stop selling weapons <laughs> to people. So really, it's just like, oh great, Annie's got a nice house now, and people that love her. And let's hope he also got the other orphans in as well, because otherwise, what a dick move. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um. So they decide to go to the cinema, and again, it's one of those ones where it's just like, let's go to the movies, and like, it's in your head, but the song itself goes on forever, and yeah, isn't great. I've given it a 6 out of 10. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's almost like it's in three sections, because you've got mm. the bit between Annie and Grace in the bedroom, Which then you've cute. got... Which is really cute, and I think that's a fine place to end it. I do like yes. the, give the maid the night off, turn the kitchen light off. Yeah. I always think that's a fun little bit. But yeah. then, then it keeps going. Then it going. doesn't stop. And you're all like, the ushers doing all the thing, and then you've got the whole, like, 42nd Street sort of... Yeah, dancing dance girls, come on. Going. And you're like... It's completely oh. unnecessary. And it's, um, it's why, again, my problem with this movie, where I'm like... It's only two hours, which is a normal length for a movie, especially a movie musical. But every time I'm like, like my dad came in and was like, is this still on? I was like, (laughs) right? Because they do three parts for Let's Go to the Movies instead of ending it after the sweet little version that was appropriate. And then they watch the movie, which is a black and white movie. It seems to be a real one. It's called Camille, apparently. And they like, they keep... They just watch this black and white movie for like six minutes. You're just watching the movie. They don't even cut back to the reactions very often. You're pretty much just watching this black and white movie for ages. I was like, were you going to get more funding if you could hit that two hour runtime or something? Because 
I thought I came here to watch Annie, not Camille. Like, why am I still watching this black and white movie? Like, for like, honestly, it goes on forever. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a long section that does not need to be that long. In the musical and stage version, they have a song called NYC. Yes, that's Which I thought they did because like, song because it's like NYC just got here this morning. Yeah, like, the start of B. Weirdly, I know that song. It's but a great it's not song in the movie. Yeah, that that's that's a real show. I I imagine because like. On stage, you can have cardboard cutouts of the NYC, like night sky and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and later on, you you do see like anytime they kind of do the horizon of New York City, it it looks very modern. Yeah, and it is jarring. So I imagine you know it just the cost of trying to make that work. Yeah, would have been because it's and it's so many people coming in with little okay. bits and bobs. But it's such a good song, so it's a shame that it's not there. I- I know it, and I think I might know it because they redid Annie. Disney redid Annie with Kathy Bates um, as Miss Hannigan in like the early two thousands. Oh, and I, they must have that song because in my head I can see the song and the number, and it feel a filmed version of it in my head. But it's not in this movie, so it must be in that Disney version. Um, so. They decided to keep it in in that one, but they cut it out of this one and uh, just gave us 20 minutes of a black and white movie that nobody get about. <laughs> I couldn't get over it. I was like, why is yeah. this still on? <laughs> I think, I think like, obviously, because Grace doesn't have a huge amount otherwise. So I think that is a good opportunity to give her a lovely, like, look at how lovely I can sing. And also how amazingly she dances as well. Because yeah. her legs are ridiculous. Oh my God, she's got yeah. legs days like that was one thing i used to love when watching this movie as a kid i was i would always i was always obsessed with grace because i was just like how could a person look like that like that's insane beautiful (laughs) um and she is a dancer who was just picked in this movie to sing and act as well um and you can tell she's a dancer because at any given opportunity they're like and now grace is gonna dance yeah (laughs) and she does and she's like kicking her leg like in an entirely round circle over a skull like just insane like absolutely insane yeah so this is lovely and like as we say the opening to this song is really sweet and it like it nods to all of these like movie stars of the time and sort of genres and she's in her sort of night dress getting ready and nanny's like this sounds exciting and it's like it is exciting and then it has it it carries on for another 20 minutes and you're like enough yeah Um, yeah yeah that that that's i think that is the problem with it it's just that it's so long unfortunately yeah yeah. (laughs) unnecessarily long um i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten just for the um the bit at the beginning because i do really like that because i love the bits that she does like the dying grace and all that and and i like getting to see annie and grace like have a bonding moment yeah it's like so character arc for that it's just the rest is the whole the whole bit of the cinema actually isn't necessary yeah we don't Uh, need to see them go to the movies they're going to the movies we don't need to see them at the movies i think it just is just their homage to all because they mention every single different like uh, movie producer as well in the bit with the dancing girls and it is just a kind of a bit a bit of a soppy love letter i suppose to old movie musicals which i suppose is what it's trying to evoke anyway so i think true i think that's why it's probably there yeah 
it's not necessary so long and boring um and then daddy warbucks and grace have the fucking weirdest conversation under a tree where they're like we're gonna keep annie because reasons and grace has to fight to get this to happen because she's clearly miserable and alone is like and i need this 10 year old girl to make me happy and daddy warbucks says you're awfully pretty when you argue with me I wrote that down too. Which I fucking hate. Yeah. It's really, uh, it's really creepy. Yeah. It, the, the only thing that slightly saves it is that she seems to be into it. But that, oh. But then, but that's, I mean, you know, each to their own. So it is, and it isn't a saving grace, I would say, because it is in terms of the movie, because it's like, oh good, it's not creepy because it's not unconsensual or anything. Yeah. The fact that it isn't unconsensual is also a problem for me because, as I say, I mean, she probably isn't 21, but she's she's very young and, and quite naive, for want of a better word. And he is clearly, like, a war baron or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> and rich and powerful and in a, prof- in a position of professionality and power and her boss, and she does everything for him. So, like, the idea is that if they were to enter into a relationship, is she still his, like, PA? And where does the line get drawn between professionalism and um, personal relationship? And the age difference seems so stark. And maybe it isn't, but, like, it does look it to me and it stresses me out. And <laughs> I just don't like it because then she she retaliates with, like, oh, oh, I could kiss you. And you have that sort of look where they're like, oh, this is incredibly awkward, but don't worry, in like an hour's time we're going to make out. And you're just like, no. Like, this movie doesn't need a relationship like that shoved into it. Mm. It's creepy and weird. And and you don't need to tick that nuclear family box, if that's what you're trying to go for either. Like, a a girl can live with a a war baron and his secretary just fine. You don't need to make like a mummy and a daddy and a daughter yeah do they i mean that's something that actually i don't remember if there is a romantic uh connection in the stage version i'm very surprised if it's it's very much the kind of thing that you would force into a movie version of something like like the the people in the room the boardroom would be like and does anyone make out at the end and they'd be like well actually no because it's about this orphan and her struggle to get adopted and, and finding out that her parents really don't make someone kiss at the end uh okay well we've got this guy and this girl and how 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 close are they in age not very at all perfect get it in there <laughs> yeah um, yeah i absolutely despise it it's another reason i don't like this, this yeah this part that i'm just like Ugh. i do i do totally understand that and um yeah, it's not like he's the most attractive man in the world either, but... Yeah, and it's not even that, because obviously, like, if, if we were to focus on that, she's the hottest person to have ever oh, existed. Yes. She's gorgeous, she has the body of a dancer, legs for days, she's sweet, she's kind, but she's authoritative, she's good at her job, she's just, she's literally perfect, and he's a grumpy old billionaire who orders everyone around... Um, hates everything and is just like, bah, 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 I'm gonna sell weapons. 
and she's like oh i can't possibly resist and you're like fuck off grace like <laughs> jesus christ there's a hundred servants that are better than him like that, that gardener that she keeps dancing with yeah. dance they work looked good. but yeah i suppose yeah it's his his personality you do struggle to understand how she could fall in love with him but I think it does happen a lot. Like, you know, you fall in love with people that you want to help. And yeah. or, or the, you, like, because she is so lovely, she probably sees the best in him and she sees That's the good true. in him that other people don't see. And, or at least she certainly thinks she does. Mm, yeah. and, and whether she would ever, unless he started flirting back with her, whether she would ever pursue it, I don't think she would necessarily. Because mm -hmm. And I think Annie, earlier on, she plants the seed when she's like, um, you know, when they have that moment in the swimming pool, which is a really short scene, mm -hmm. uh, but and just in there, like, yes, we're just showing that he actually does have a swimming pool, yeah. and and where she's like, oh well, you know, like obviously Grace likes you, you don't notice anything, and he's like, oh, oh, I didn't realize that. So I think she, I almost like Annie's trying to match make earlier on yeah which then because he doesn't think it he, he's very robotic anyway mm -hmm. so you don't really think of him being attracted to people as it and i think it's just that when that moment kind of like that plants that seed in his head and then she, and then she's wearing her hair down and oh maybe she does like me I... i'm going to try and flirt how i think people flirt yeah. <laughs> and, and i, it, I know exactly I know exactly what you're saying, but I really fucking hate that trope as well, where it's like, yeah. I didn't realise I had feelings until the protagonist of this movie showed me that I did. <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to date you then. If you didn't realise that I existed until someone had to point it out, you can fuck off. Like, <laughs> do some of the own your own background work if you want to date me. Like, fuck, actually fuck off. It took a 10-year-old to be like, eh, me, me, Grace is hot, for you to be like, oh look, Grace is hot. Fuck off, <laughs> it's been hot the whole time. The gardener knows. The, the gardener really Chauvet knows. The knows. <laughs> Dick. Yeah, I, do, I, I wonder how long that relationship would last. Yeah, or whether mm. it's just a one night of passion and then she's like, anyway. So that was fun. You but... my salary. Well, yeah, and I just, he's, I mean, obviously, he's slowly learning t the whole kind of thing is, is him learning to actually love and be able to, you know, embrace more than just money into his life, I suppose, is the kind of yeah. idea. Um, so maybe he will change, maybe, but not much that we, we obviously see it a little bit. Mm. But he's somebody who's, I think, struggled with emotions anyway, this... Yeah. He's, gone well my family have died i'm going to go make lots of money and that will make me happy and then it's oh it's not made me happy it's sort of a i mean that doesn't excuse it as a trope like yeah this is a, it's that sort of mr banks sort of melting the heart of iron thing but it yeah it's a trope that i'm not a fan of I'm thinking. yeah and and break i think down toxic toxic masculinity how about we start without toxic masculinity and see where we go <laughs> It is, yeah. it's very much crowbarred in like perhaps that's something that happens further along down the line mm. and, and you perhaps as he changes then maybe she sees more of that in him that would 
be more plausible but of course they've gone well this is a film we want to fit everything in so we're going to fit in romance as well yeah, uh, yeah just oh yeah she totally loves him she yeah. can't get enough this 21 year old is in love with this woman yeah. <laughs> yeah but um he agrees to keep annie because that's the plot she wants to, and the script told him to yeah um and she sings a very forgettable little number yes <laughs> which is just again another excuse to see her do the dancing yeah which is lovely it's very nice dancing as we've mm. mentioned before the the gardener and her get on very well yeah Legs and it's everywhere it's, yeah the back bends and everything oh, I was just like, God, wow. yeah. i think i gasped there is a brilliant moment within this song that i realized when i was watching it that really got me she she kind of comes up to mrs Pugh and drake and kind of some of the servants that you may have seen a little bit more she plays the harp for some reason of course she does <laughs> and then um mrs Pugh's like kind of trying to do some like kind of bluesy sort of singing and i was just sitting there going god this is white <laughs> they're doing they're trying and they're singing about swing and stuff and i noticed that the servants are purposely clicking off beat because <laughs> they're just showing how much they can't do that it's like honestly oh go back God. and watch that yeah little... i hadn't noticed it like i had i had not i had to go back to just check that they were definitely doing it and <laughs> yeah. it it killed me like oh, go back man. and watch it it's so funny that's brilliant and that's just like a tiny little nugget of comedy that i've never noticed before and yeah. i've watched it so many times admittedly when i was a child anyway but as an adult going back and just seeing that little thing was just yeah, it was little cool. moments of direction um but the the song itself is literally just her going we got annie we yeah. got annie we got annie <laughs> and then it's like dancey 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 dance we got annie dance dancey 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 dance we got annie and it's like oh congratulations everyone's so excited the music the music's quite like i was finding myself like bopping along but it is it's not again it's not a song it's just really song. It, and then we go in when she's dancing with the bodyguards um the asp and punjab uh of course then it comes into the music with the um yeah, we're just going to have some and here music. are the ethnic minorities yes look at their music it's, <laughs> and oh yes uh we're going to have them do karate moves yes very good he's gonna it's... levitate something he's gonna do some kung fu it's lovely yeah. and diverse <laughs> yeah it's uh it's quite a moment um but you know they, they, i mean they dance like you know it's, it's nice it, everyone does very good dancing and yeah. and that's nice and it, it is the the problematic things about it yeah. that are there and <laughs> it was made in the 80s it was um set in the 30s so set in the 30s so even more you know they can chuck more. in some extra pro problematicness just for good measure it's just yeah just to be like oh it's the 30s we're allowed oh, yes oh yes like yes there's there's no uh, only only white people in um period dramas you see black no, people weren't, didn't exist yet they weren't invented yet <laughs> ah Ah, thanks for educating <laughs> oh us films God. and bad history written by white people. Yeah. Uh, the fun of being two white people talking about this <laughs> yeah, shit. literally. We have no right to this conversation. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> that was our two cents on that. You're welcome. Yeah. 
stuff that we don't understand but we try we try we try we point things out and then do nothing about them. yeah we go these things make us feel uncomfortable yeah. we don't know how to fix them <laughs> Uh, um, what, so after that so then Danny Warbucks goes to Miss Hannigan which is a thing that they invented for the movie and then they, they sing a song which was invented for the movie and it's an alright song um, it is boosted on my list uh, to 8 out of 10 purely again because we get to see Carol Burnett fail to close doors fall <laughs> chairs uh, she has a wonderful journey where she's like oh you're a billionaire so i'm gonna seduce you but i'm wasted and then by the end of the song she's like get the fuck out of my house who even needs you and it all just sort of unfolds perfectly very very sort of sometime where it's just like and meanwhile daddy warbucks is just like woodenly holding a piece of paper and a pen like fine it's brilliant yeah and then he's and you find he's been to the fbi and he's been had a follow to get dirt on her i love that with some geezer called little caesar he's an uncle just the, <laughs> <laughs> not the children in the closet they love it yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it, the, I i it does, yeah. I, I think saying Sondheim is a really good way of describing it as a song because it is just these cutting into each other. It kind of almost feels like a patter song. Yeah, like, I was going to say it's sort of pattery where it's like they they play off each other so quickly and well and yeah. throw away bits and it's fun and it's it's short as well, which yeah. is, <laughs> but it, but it, but it, is something like... you can say for most of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> it, it packed a punch i remember just l- loving the whole thing and just like I, I, you love to i got your number you love to run and she's in those that, that little tiny underwear set that yeah, she's that in. weird like silky sort of two-piece pajamas with like something draped off her all the time yeah which i so i when i was a teenager i um was in a production of uh whatchamacallit um Annie, that's what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> and they played Miss Hannigan, which was obviously, you know, 16-year-old getting to play Miss It was amazing. And I, all I wanted to do was to be like her in the silky underwear. Yeah. And, like, we did some production shots, and I'm there, like, with gin. i got my hair, like, all over the place. And I've, got, I, I've, I've made sure I'm, wet, like, the costume mistress gave me, like, the silky 90s and stuff. Uh-huh. And then uh, <laughs> they had to take some of the photos out of the foyer because it was no. inappropriate for a 16-year-old to be <laughs> Um I've seen Boo. the photos. Definitely. Uh, I was just living, but I was just living my best, like, oh my swaggy, drunken dreams. God. absolute dream role i bet you crushed it i'm so jealous god like that was just like my teenage life made getting to do that yeah and it just because i just grew up on loving her so much like she's outstanding she really is she she makes this movie she's the only reason i still watch this movie otherwise it would have just been lost to the sands of time as like a eh (laughs) Um, i i i do i really love that number because i love daddy warbucks as her foil yeah it's it's really nice to see her working off against that and him having to keep a straight face because can you imagine filming that scene no way (laughs) (laughs) straight face face. oh it's so good (laughs) 
Um, and also, like, just as it's cutting into the next song, like, she splashed him and you just see him, like, taste the water and just, like, that is... That's that is not water. water <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Annie wants to meet her parents because why wouldn't she and why has no one told her that they've died? Yeah. Everyone else knows that their parents are dead. Why is Annie still clinging on to this uh, tragic hope? Uh, so they go on the radio to try and broadcast stupidly. They're like, why would you give a reward for parents to come forward? Because well, if they didn't want the child in the first place, and now they're going to re-pick up the child because of a money reward, do you want to give that child to those people? Which is basically what happens. Um, and... What, like, what? No. Just, the first <laughs> port of call would have been to ring the orphanage and be like, hey, Miss Hannigan, are you sober? No, never mind. Are Annie's parents alive? No. Brilliant. Mm. Thank you. Soz Annie, your parents are dead. <laughs> I do feel though with like Daddy Warbucks, his his answer is to throw money at the problem. Yeah, it's true. Like, he's one of those people, like I remember I did a job for somebody once and I had a, already something booked in on the other day. It was like, how much money do I need to throw at it for you to be able to do the thing that I want you to do? Oh my god. And you know, some people are genuinely like that. They just like, well, if I throw money at things, I can get what I want. Yeah. I think I, obviously, what Daddy wants, he wants Annie to be his daughter, but you know he wants to also make her happy. Yeah. So, okay, right, fine. Uh, this is how I fix things. I I tell people to do things. I throw money at it, and it'll yeah. be fixed. And he'll be happy, and there we go. It's true, and it's like without thinking through the consequences of maybe if her parents do turn up, we'll have to relinquish her, and perhaps we don't want to do that, and maybe mm -hmm. we should take two seconds to think about this before we just. Go on the radio where there's a ventriloquist dummy yes <laughs> what it's radio why a ventriloquist dummy on the radio like uh, do the voice by all means but because they do they have a fun little thing where he's tap dancing by holding some shoes on a board yeah which is cute because it's radio but then the ventriloquist dummy is legitimately there being used as a ventriloquist dummy on the radio what why yeah i I part of, I wonder whether it's because Daddy Warbucks is in the studio and this is a man with a fuck ton of money. He's a big celebrity. We need to put on a show today. But then what I loved, and it's something I'd never, ever, ever noticed before, is the, the lovely Boylan sisters, or whatever they're called, um, they do their sort of like... At the camp at the mic and then when they're done they're like throwing sheets onto the floor like chewing gum looking super bored as they like move around to their next bit to be like da 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 and then they're back to like looking bored and like it's just the little switches that i was just like oh that's cute little detail that i'd never noticed before like adults being adults um because you can yeah. the, the adults being adults can get hidden behind because Everyone thinks Annie is like Bambi. Bambi is actually really fucking dark. Remember when that pheasant gets shot out of the sky after having a panic attack and the entire forest burns to the ground? Like, it's really dark, but people hmm. just remember Bambi on the ice and it's so saccharine and sweet. I think people think the same about Annie. Forgetting my favourite bit, which we'll ramp up to at the end, which might have been the bits that you used to fast forward, but they were the bits <laughs> as a child I lived for. Um, but we'll get there yeah um so 
there's a really lovely rendition of You're Never Fully Dressed Without a Smile at the radio station with the adults. And then, of course, we have the obligatory. And again, I think I'm being biased by having the consistent sort of, oh, it's Annie, oh, it's so saccharine, oh, it's kids singing. And there is a charm to it, but I'm so cynical about it that I can't see it. So when it cuts to the kids being like copying the people on the radio and having that, again, that sort of shout singing of like, you never believe it. I'm like, oh, I hate it. Oh, it's no, I love bad. it. Yeah. No, no, I love it. I <laughs> love it i think it's adorable i think it's i love the um using the foot as a microphone <laughs> i think that's hilarious i i also love molly now she's not great but she looked like my sister did when she was that age Aww. and so in in mine and my sister's head my sister was always molly nice. so that's kind of part of what i just go oh she's so cute yeah, yeah. my sister's necessarily cute we thought like cats and dogs but she looked cute you know uh -huh. um <laughs> but like and i think that's part of i just i love molly so much and i just think every time she's pretending to be miss hannigan or pretending to be a grown-up yeah that because like we do have those moments where you flash back to them and their beds kind of singing maybe and just really sad yeah it's really tragic so, any opportunity they get to have fun i really love and the contrast of having the actual grown-ups doing the thing in the radio um broadcasting studio. room yeah studio. That's the word. <laughs> words, words are fun um and like going from that like kind of perfect and also I, before we go too far i love daddy warbucks getting completely confused about uh, how to be on the radio and like warbucks drop... interrupts <laughs> yeah <laughs> drop page did i just do a commercial I don't know. <laughs> like i love all that shit i just mm -hmm. it's so stupid um but i do i like i i think it's really fun i think i really loved that bit as a child because i think yeah. that's the bit that me and my sister would dance around pretending to do as well yeah that's fair so and and the girl with the the pigtails oh you never it's like yeah it, for me, I suppose I love it because it just reminded me of something that I danced around to as a child and just yeah. thought it it's, it's very truthful in that sort of emulation of celebrities and you would, or pop stars even, and it's very, it is very charming. I just, yeah, I've been filtered so much with Annie that I'm just like, this is part of the problem. When it's not, it's part <laughs> of the charm and joy of what makes Annie Annie. But, um, as I say, I'm purely on the side of villainy in this movie. So I'm like, get the Tim Curry being a dick. <laughs> um, but I've given it a seven because it gets boosted up by Miss Hannigan coming in at the end. Um, you are here. Or singing. In <laughs> or various, whether it's singing it's or singing happiness. happiness. <laughs> oh, and, and that's the uh, Molly stamps on her foot. And instead yep. of reacting, she just like, they never miss. Yeah, yeah. And which they also like for like the overall comedy of the play, like yeah. a play, musical, um, film. film. You just see her kind of like even she stops reacting to them stomping on her foot. She is yeah. she is going further and further down throughout, and it just you get also you get used to the reaction. So it's nice to see her do a different reaction, and yeah. I yeah I just love that. I feel like it's 
crafted. And it's, it's almost like look to camera of like, yeah. never miss. <laughs> brilliant. I would, yeah, I would give it, um, I'd give it an eight out of 10. I think it's, yeah. I also think it's a great song. It's again, it's one of those really, really memorable ones. Everybody knows yeah. you never fully dressed without a smile. I think, yeah, I, I, I like, I really, I really like nice it. Nice bits to it. You can either do that, or you can do the main bit, and then it goes into that lovely bit where it's like, who cares what you're wearing? Like it is lovely, and you can sing it as an adult and make it sound pretty, or you can sing it as like a, who cares what you're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mean to these kids. They obviously can sing. It's just that that trope of Annie of like I think they're actually very good but I think we've also all seen like youth productions like because they get put on all the time because it's easy to yeah Oliver and there's loads of kids yeah everyone can have a part and a line yeah so great for youth theatres great for schools yeah they just they work so you remember seeing lots of bad amateur um singing and stuff yeah. like which i'm sure i gave a good rendition of bad actors <laughs> uh, as a 16 year old <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and and all of the little you, you imagine that sort of shirley temple wannabe playing annie with the like pushy mom and that sort of trope of the like this is my moment oh I'm yeah sing tomorrow now it's like memory it's memory for kids isn't it tomorrow yeah. um overdone but still lovely if you rip everything away from it yeah we do move on to tomorrow and it's it's as we mentioned earlier it's sung with the president because why not and it is a cappella, and they do harmonize and it's it's gorgeous and it's that classic that and it's people that are aware that they're singing it's not like musical singing because they're like let's now sing a song yeah um come on oliver (laughs) yeah harmonize yeah okay um Uh, um, yeah i i think i I think that was one of the moments that as a child i definitely glossed over but actually Mm. as an adult went oh this is actually a really nice moment this actually gives you a bit more of actually getting to see annie the character and that she cares i mean you do actually see throughout the film like she she cares for people deeply Mm -hmm. she's there for her friends she saves this dumb dog from a bunch of boys that were antagonizing it by punching them in the face yeah which is great (laughs) which is great but you 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 see so much about her character that she really does she cares and she's clever and she she's absolutely sees like yeah i can talk to the president on his level and Mm. i sing this song and and there's a lovely like well very charming but it's also she's very brave yeah Yeah. there's sort of an honesty to it and uh yeah uh but it's also quite down to earth yeah it's never full of herself Mm. because she's very clever the way she twists uh warbucks around her finger as well because (laughs) like when he's like oh i don't want you she's like that's fine yeah I've probably had enough fun to last me a lifetime and this and that and yet yeah, you're doing you're doing really good sort of thing and enough to be like oh fine you can stay yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I think as a kid I took that at the level that it was given to me so I was just like oh what a, like she's just oh she's just so happy and sweet isn't she and then I grew up and I was like oh no she's like doing a thing she's like she's being she's- manipulative yeah, yeah, re- like 
she's very good at doing it and getting her own way. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, that makes sense because how else are you going to grow up in the way that she's grown up? Like yeah. she spent 10 years in that abusive um, orphanage that she's constantly trying to run away from mm-hmm. and having to, you know, help pull apart people who are squabbling and stuff because Miss Hannigan's no sort of form of actual disciplinarian. <laughs> yeah, like she's not actually going to deal with squabbles and things going on. And Annie's one of the people that does that mm-hmm. and and is there to look after Molly when she's upset and stuff. So I, I kind of remembered not like liking the character so much and just going, ugh, like, but actually she's got a lot to her. She's yeah. She's got a lot of she's very feisty and she's just she's a well-rounded female character yeah. which Incredibly. is odd for a child character and odd for a a, a musical lead because you think of grace grace is very much the sort of uh classic musical lead where it's just like yeah. she's perfect end of character whereas annie has more ups and downs and more sort of roundness she's still perfect but like she's allowed to be perfect in ways that aren't necessarily traditionally feminine or like yeah. sweet sort of thing she's, she's scrappy and she she has to put a brave face on it a lot mm-hmm. because you very rarely get to see her when she's weak and sad but when you do see those moments it's really lovely and it reminds you that this is a story about a child who is alone has in the world parents and she's She's only 10, like. Yeah, she's fucking 10, man. She's like uh, OG Tracy Beaker, isn't she? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but tomorrow's nice. I never know how to mark it because it you can't deny that it is, it's now in your head. Like, just listening to this podcast, you've now got tomorrow stuck in your head. And you know how it goes and you know where it's from. So it's iconic, really. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think it is like you only have to say tomorrow and somebody will probably go tomorrow yeah and you're like yeah you just like it, it's so part of popular culture it is isn't it it's and that's shrek <laughs> yeah that doesn't define it as a shining moment of popular culture it's in shrek, <laughs> it's in shrek. <laughs> yeah um hmm I don't know, man. I had it with <gasps> five. I might boost it up to seven. I was just thinking I'm I'm feeling like a seven for this seven. one. Seven. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. It's a simple song. Very simple. But that, memorable. So memorable. Hmm. I'm I'm gonna go with seven. Maybe one day in my life I might change. Yeah, yeah. There's room to change. Yeah. Change. Always. Um then the greatest moment of any movie that has ever happened in existence happens. And Tim Curry and Bernadette Peters turns up at the orphanage in disguise as Annie's parents. And they fool Miss Hannigan. She uh, tells them that her parents have died and they left a locket, half a locket that Annie still wears around her neck. So they just need to find the locket. And once they do, they will go and pretend to be Annie's parents, collect the reward, jobs done, they'll split it three ways. And they find the locket and we get to watch Bernadette Peters, Tim Curry, and Carol Burnett sing and dance to Easy Street. <sighs> and it has a 15 out of 10 on my oh, ranking. Yes. Because it is <laughs> iconic. It is perfect. You cannot do this song wrong. 
it is impossible to and this is the crowning version because in the disney version you get to see Kristen chenoweth alan cummings and kathy bates do it and it's oh, still wow. great wow. But this this version with the choreography the com comedy choreography oh my goodness the yeah timing the slapstick the the use of character throughout the song the villainy of it all um whilst also being incredibly funny and cute for want of a better word it it's i could i know this dance inside out i know <laughs> i know every little thing that they do i know the beautiful dancing between tim curry and bernadette peters and then how it's tried to be repeated with carol burnett and she gets to do the like slapstick version of it but it's the big build up the it's the big band number it's just it's the best song in this musical <laughs> it's one of the greatest musical theater songs ever written it's catchy it it's fucking fantastic it is absolutely incredible the comedy like it's just like because they just set every time they're just setting her up for a gag setting her up for a gag there's so much joy in it as well and the yeah. way it starts with a yeah. <laughs> like it's it's pretty sexy it like, is there's something about it like obviously tim curry is just pure sex <gasps> and so is bernadette peters and like like when he puts the locket on her nose and stuff oh my god like there's a lot of it that is really really so sexy um in a kind of like as a young child going hmm don't know how i feel about this right yeah but like it's it's it just oozes so much charm so much charisma fun joy it's the baddies getting their way and they're yeah. just gonna go off and have just the best like apparently this scene was filmed after everything else because they had originally done a different sort of version of this where they'd kind of gone off into kind of i think a bit like dream sequency this is again this is not my actual research it's what my friend told me uh <laughs> i i have people you know people to do this yeah, people uh people and um so i really want to search and see if that that yeah, version is available anywhere uh, I, it, it might be on youtube somewhere who knows um yeah. But, so yeah so that that's actually like something that came in later but it's such perfection it honestly is it's yeah i i love it so so much like if you've never seen annie don't watch it don't bother just go to youtube and type in the 1982 version of easy street and you will you will never need to watch anything else in your life because it's <laughs> just the the way it builds up to the end the way it like breaks itself down the gymnastics bernadette peters falls down the stairs like twice and no one cares they just carry on yeah. like i, I love it when miss hannigan's leg goes into the wall yes she's just <laughs> such a great like little thing like and they just they're like off having their amazing time and and she's just trying to keep up and be part of the gang yeah and failing <laughs> so hard but then, but then it's inclusive as well and oh my god it's just so it's just so good and i just wish yeah. it, that's a song that they can do three times over and i'll be happy <laughs> just give me more of that more, more. of that less of go to the movie yeah. <laughs> um there what? is oh. i think just before um like that actually like when she goes out when is the moment that she 
she when she comes out of her room she's staggering out of the bathroom she walk she walks past the pitcher she steps back and she makes it wonky yes continues on <laughs> I, I think, think I wrote that down my so favorite moment of the film just for just she plays it so well it's just such yeah. a stupid moment but it's so good like yeah she's so happy just ridiculous chaos or she's so drunk that she thinks that is straight who knows yeah. <laughs> whatever the reason for it it's perfect um and yeah i do also and how does she not recognize tim curry when all he's wearing is glasses and a slightly bigger mustache yeah literally <laughs> literally it's... it's her brother <laughs> yeah, they grew up together for fuck's sake um, um yes yeah, oh, i God. almost want to watch easy street again right, right now, now. yeah that that was the best thing i still um, remember what as a teenager getting to do all the choreograph choreographing (laughs) good i'm so good that i'm speaking words on the podcast so well it was really that's that's really helped me in my life (laughs) um but just like that was the best thing to be able to learn and i even did it yeah. later on at university with friends like for you know one of those night at the musicals i was yeah, like yeah, yeah. please 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 can we do easy street yeah any opportunity to do that song yeah is i'm very jealous it's one of our ones that we always put on on a saturday night to just like rave out to like <sighs> It's just so That good. sounds like a good Saturday night. Oh, yeah. You go through all the musical theatre classics and Easy Street's <gasps> up there as an absolute tune. Damn Slaps right. so hard. I, oh, I love it so much. It, like, because it's also the introduction to the best part of the movie because up until now we've been singing with the president and going to the movies and you're never fully dressed without a smile this is where annie gets really good because you get to see tim curry and bernadette peters turn up at the house and like you do easy street boom done amazing fireworks love it they turn up at the house and they're like we're her real parents look we have the locket and everyone is super suspect and they're like we don't believe them, but they're literally showing us like a birth certificate and they've got the locket. And even Annie's like, uh, what? It's because like, what did you expect? Accepted. Like, she just accepted that her parents probably weren't coming and she'd yeah. gone, you know what? Actually, like, this person who's been looking after me and I've been having a really good time. And actually, yeah, I do want him to be my dad. Yeah. And kind of, and, and for yeah. somebody like that and going, okay. yeah, I'm going to let somebody into my heart. Uh-huh. And then nope completely no no that overplaying it so much with the sort of like we're ever so poor and humble look honey she still has the locket and you're just like you're so evil yeah it's you can tell so well that they're con artists can't you Mm -hmm. they have learnt their script they know how they're gonna play it yeah and they play it and it's yeah, you're just like, oh. It's so it's so horrible because then he writes out the check and Tim Curry very rightly says, oh, well, we, we were just happy to have our little girl back. We couldn't possibly take your money. And then Bernadette Peters snatches the check just ever so lightly and is like, but of course, we're so poor that it would help us so much. And you're just like, ah, I love you so much. And they like bundle her in the car and Miss Hannigan's there and they're ripping their like masks and moustaches and their wigs off and they're just like, 
And you're like, fuck, he is not funny anymore. He is terrifying. He's going to... And, and Carol Burnett is like, oh my God, he's he's really going to kill her. It's mm. my favourite part of Annie. Whenever anyone talks about Annie, I talk about this bit. I'm like, but the bit though, when Tim Curry is following her, they're on the bridge. The bridge is like up and they're like climbing up the bridge. It's, it doesn't have like proper steps or anything. They're just using their arm yeah. strength, climbing up this bridge. And Tim Curry's like, come back, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And Miss Hannigan's running after him like, Rooster, no, she's just a baby. Like, this is the woman that has, like, shot this girl in the cupboard this whole time. She's drunk. She doesn't care about anything. And suddenly she's being called up and she rises to the occasion. She's like, don't, Rooster, no, you can't kill her. And he's like, I'm going to fuck her. And you're like, she's going to die. Like, he's going to kill her. Yeah. And then, like, she's right. Um, you, if you've if you've ever played hide and seek, if you've ever like run away from someone, even in jest, you, suddenly your limbs stop working and like you just get a chill all the way through you. And you can sense this is happening with Annie. She's climbing up this bridge, but you know she, that she's like paralyzed from fear. There is because... a moment where he almost like just about grabs her. <laughs> so close and you get like watching it you're so tense because there's so much going on you've got a helicopter going you've got people screaming like you see miss hannigan like get hit in the head like literally she's like rooster no she's like dragging him off the bridge he ain't got time for that shit he gotta kill this 10 year old orphan he punches her across the face she goes down you think she's dead you think yeah. he's just punched his own sister to death? He's back up on that bridge coming for you, Annie. <laughs> She's like terrified. They get to the top. The helicopter is whirring. Grace and Warbucks are there. They're, they get out the car. They're like, oh, God, we can't watch. 
She's like over the edge, hanging on with her arms. Something that if I ever had to do, I would fall to my death instantly oh. because I have no upper body strength. <laughs> but they can do it in the movies. And she's clinging on. She is crying. She is yeah, petrified. She's and she and it's it's really fucking scary. And it's close. He's like yeah. prying her fingers off the bridge, and she falls at one point and manages to grab on again and then he goes for her again he's in he's gonna kill her yeah it's so dark i think we just like forget that like obviously we're like oh he's a criminal ha 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 but like he's a criminal he's been to prison like that was so much money and she just tore it up in front of him like i believe it i believe that he would immediately go and kill this 10 year old girl because also he's like no one cares about her like yeah she's an awful thinking logically i love it it's my favorite bit of annie because because it's when miss hannigan hannigan is like oh my god like she's just a child like please stop yeah oh my god this is brilliant like i love how dark it gets miss hannigan have that moment like it is that it it kind of goes through me that moment when she says she's a baby like it i watching it you kind of that moment of feeling in your chest and kind of going oh okay like she actually isn't as shit as we think she is she yeah. like she's not as bad a person like she yeah she doesn't treat them well but she doesn't want them to die yeah, she's literally. not you're evil she cares about them is what you learn in that moment suddenly yeah. she she calls her her baby like she's a baby yeah and she is she's fucking 10 yeah like oh god so magical ethnic minority man undoes his like cool turban thing and then like it manages to carry his own body weight on a helicopter and he lifts her off the bridge tim curry is frightened i was hoping because Tim Curry then like starts falling off the bridge and I was hoping he would like crumple at the bottom and die because like that's what we do to our villains even in musical yeah. theatre. We kill them <laughs> if Judd in Oklahoma can die by being knifed then Rooster can die in Annie but he doesn't he falls into a police trampoline and I'm sure he's going to prison for the rest of his life blah blah yeah. blah. And, um, and um Jeffrey Holder, the our love, a magical ethnic minority human, he um he does get to kick him in the face, yes, which, yeah. which is great. And you do just kind of go, oh my god, like Punjab is badass in Hell like yeah. he saves the freaking day. Asp is there driving the autocopter. Yeah. He's like you know he's used his his Sikh turban. He says some stuff that Buddha says, like yes. and. He saves her and kicks him in the face, and you're just like, "Wow, Woo! hero!" And just like, it's brilliant. It yeah, is, it is so good. I, does... I, it makes sense as well. Like, if Danny Warbucks was up there trying to save her, I'd be like, "I don't buy it." Oh no! Like, yeah, you absolutely get your bodyguards who know how to do badass shit to yeah. sort this out, and and getting to see uh, Miss Hannigan hit Rooster in the head with a handbag kind of again kind of gives us an opportunity to kind of forgive her yeah she she immediately 180s almost she stops being the villain at that point Mm. she does after everything that's just happened like he they they let tim curry be like you goddamn kid because they wanted to get that pg rating because they wanted older kids to go and see this which is hilarious and um he's like i'm going to fucking murder you and he attempts it she then hits him with a handbag like the old woman in Madagascar, and then she she calls up a re- she's like rooster, you reprobate 
one. Reprobate is not one of them. Yeah. Like, up your language, Miss Hannigan. It's okay. <laughs> he just tried to throw that child off a bridge. But I do like alliteration. Rooster and reprobate, that's you know, fair. fun to say together. <laughs> that's, that's. <laughs> and like, I look like Bernadette Peters is in the background being like held by the police, but she's, she's doing it. She's holding her body in such a way that it's like, she's like a cat that's been caught in a net. Like she's just skittish and petrified. And like, that's scary to watch as well, because you think she's villainous. Like she's on Rooster's side mm. and she was going to try and like, skittle away but she's been caught and like it just both of them are very frightening at this moment and it, it really does bring this movie up in my estimation because i it was my favorite bit as a kid and it's my favorite bit now i think it's a good climax it is it does it brings stakes. like yeah absolutely the stakes are up and it's i think the reason we did fast forward it through it was because it was scary. It was really scary. Like, it is really scary. Um, yeah. Definitely watching it, like, it is, it's really great. I mean, the, one of the things I did really enjoy about it as well was when they're, do, like, looking down from the helicopter, there's this really, really bad model of the street. <laughs> like, so there's these, like, really bad, like, I mean, it's not that they're terrible, but they're just not very detailed models, like very clearly little cardboard model houses with these little tiny cars going along, occasionally cut in with what was obviously the modern New York skyline as well, which looks so different compared to this model that like where there's hardly any lights in the houses and then there's loads of lights everywhere else. And I was just like kind of watching that, like I would never have noticed that as a child, but just seeing how that's cut together <laughs> it's just like oh this is, oh this is that. That, like they could have put a bit more detail in it to it to yeah, make someone, it more believable someone gave up that day so yeah. it's like ah it's home time it's fine but there is i think obviously they've cut they've cut it with so many different things you've constantly got the the kids running around you've got the uh, well not the kids anymore but the si sirens and everything there, there's there's got that whole chase element everything's happening at once so mm -hmm. i think it's fine you can yeah. you don't see it for long cut, enough cut i was just probably watching it with a slightly more uh closer eye than i may have done <laughs> yeah. in the past <laughs> adult eye yeah no, i'm the same i'm always like continuity um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible um but yeah I, like one thing I always say about this movie, and we have mentioned it a lot, is that it, it does drag for me a lot of the time. Um, there are such high moments, and they are so good when they're good, and they're so boring when they're not. Yeah. And the finale, the finale for me is is Tim Curry landing on the police trampoline. I'm good at that point. I'm like, the end. <laughs> um, but no, we have to watch Annie in a pretty dress, do some tap dancing with Daddy Warbucks. And it, it brings together all of the everything. Daddy Warbucks and Grace get together and ooh, all the orphans are there with their candy floss and everyone's having a good time. And I oh, wasn't this lovely. And it's a reprise of every song we've ever heard. But I'm just like, and I'm out. Miss Hannigan rides an elephant. Miss Hannigan rides an elephant. And it's implied that she's going to try and hook up with Punjab, which I'm here for. I'm totally there for that because yeah, I deserves. think he'll just like sort her out and yeah. like give like teach her how to be a good human being because in theory uh, she's good now we yeah, can hope and, yeah. that from this day on she's no longer a sad alcoholic uh well you wouldn't need to be if you have a magical man who is can you know constantly quote 
um, Buddha and exactly. you know, the calming, lovely influence would probably be gorgeous person to spend the what rest of what i hope has happened is that daddy warbucks has opened like one of the several wings of his house as like the new orphanage and they can all just move into this house because it's big enough right oh There'll it's humongous places that he'll never even realize exist so you can have there's only six orphans like the others were extras called in for hard knock life <laughs> <laughs> you're fine <laughs> Yeah, and they just like they just need a home, and she and she'll need her friends. Yeah, so it, it, they do really. They pull out all the stops of like what stuff can we throw into this last number? The like there's of course there's fire breathers, there's jugglers, yeah. there's stilts, there's like everything that you mm -hmm. can possibly imagine. Everyone's coming to have their little moment of being like. Oh, we 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 come back to sing a line. We're alive. We're alive. Woo! Um, it's the I believe the musical ends at Christmas, uh, but they couldn't afford enough fake snow to cover the set, so they changed it to the Fourth of July. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> there is that moment when uh, the president's like, "That Fourth of July, kid." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Happy yeah. American celebration. Yeah, of course. Of that. Yeah, because it, uh, getting a new deal for Christmas is the finale number in the stage version. Ah. That does make sense instead of this um, kind of, I suppose, kind of like a medley, isn't it, really, at the end? Yeah, it is like all of the previous numbers smushed together, which I'm usually a big fan of. But as I say, by this point, I'm just like, all of my faves are out of the picture. Yeah, they don't smush so. together. It's not like there's no easy street. There's <laughs> yeah, no little girls. Easy street and little girls mash up. None of that. You don't get Aww. to cut to Tim Curry in prison being like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that would be amazing." Like during like, the credits, sad like <laughs> trying to like saw through the bars with a homemade <laughs> weapon. <laughs> Making Something friends with people as well. And uh, Bernadette Peters just... in the woman prison I, yeah that's something really dark <laughs> see him on the chair singing it God. oh no stop it <laughs> uh, <laughs> i tell you you know the fireworks at the end mm -hmm. i as a child always thought that annie's name in the fireworks was real i thought Fair. that was actually done with fireworks until watching see it again today <laughs> oh, yeah, that's definitely really bad CGI. Oh. Yeah, but it is 80s CGI. If they did it today, you could probably argue. Like, I could probably be like, yes, they they do look very realistic, but they yeah. don't. <laughs> definitely, definitely bad. But you know, you know, I was I was a child. It was the yeah. 90s. Yeah, man, that's bad. It looked good then, <laughs> and it Things probably did. Bad. Yeah, I hated it because I was like, fuck off, Annie. <laughs> I've like, seen over it. Annie. <laughs> I'd say obsessed? definitely like the overall like kind of thinking about the film if you think about like the scenes and stuff they are all so full of like especially extras and stuff mm -hmm. there's so much to watch with extras in this film yeah. near the street scenes earlier like at the very beginning when she's run away and stuff there's all these different people and and every time there's crossing a street and there's there's so much going yeah. on 
and I, when I kind of and that final scene just does like go well this is how we've been doing it the whole film so here's all the things here's all the things and all the people and all the stuff I think another one of my main problems with Annie and this is going to sound so weird it's it's dirty it's like grounded very much in a reality and everyone's got mud on their face and it's the same thing with mm-hmm. Oliver as well the reason I think um I, I went more towards sort of Oklahoma than Oliver and Annie is because I liked something that was clearly a soundstage with bright bright lighting and everyone was very clean and like shiny and Annie is like a lot more realistic and grounded in this real worldness and I was like no clean them all up bring them back in turn the lights up more I think that's what I like about it yeah and I could see why people would prefer that because it's like if I'm gonna watch something I want it realistic-y I like the um I like the contrast of being able to see her world which is I mean that's another song that's not in this film that's in the stage version is um she ends up like going to uh I can't remember what they're called but are they called Hoovervilles or where basically where all the people who'd lost their homes and stuff to the great depression that you know they're living on streets and everything and there's a whole song about Herbert Hoover we like to thank you Herbert Hoover and it's just being like there's you dirty rat you bureaucrat you like it's a real like fuck you like we used to have good jobs we had good lives and now we have nothing and we're living on the streets Mm -hmm. and she goes and joins those people like for a little bit while she's like hiding away um before she gets caught by the police yeah yeah and so I suppose they're trying to show something of that and that's her world that she's in these people who are desperate and it's interesting struggling. that they chose to cut that out and instead have a beautiful scene where she talks to Hoover and is like, yeah. it's going to be okay, Mr. President. And he's like, <laughs> I'm a good guy. I'm a good... But they do, they do have that in the stage version as well. And it's... You do kind of... You, you like here, Roosevelt and like kind of go, oh, yeah, yeah, he is good. But like, I think that definitely the stage version is a bit more political maybe but I, but I still feel, yeah. I feel like the film is um like they're showing the difference between those people who are desperate and just like you know like who are, are stuck that you know it's when when grace threatens um miss hannigan like you know it's a terrible time to be out of work and it really is like yeah there is there is no other job that she could probably go get at this time so yeah and then kind of having the contrast of this man with all the money and all the wealth and everything. It's, it's, I like that visually. In yeah. A, in a, I think that's Yeah, it's very sort of My Fair Lady. Yeah, yeah, I do. I like, I, and I'm a big fan of My Fair Lady as well. And I suppose it happens in Oliver too, because yeah, that's true. he then suddenly wakes up in this lovely place and mm-hmm. we've got all up. So I suppose it's a, it's a fun thing. It's a fun thing to have visually. We want to see different walks of life, the dirty side and the pretty side. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I was just like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is on one level. (laughs) But no, it's funny. I will watch it again. And I will... I just... It's it's a real thinker, Annie. Because hmm. I'm always, I can't decide whether I hate it or love it. 
I really can't. <laughs> I'm always stuck. I um, think for sh- I'm having watched it again and the nostal the nostalgia that it brings to me because it was such a big part of my growing up. Yeah. I do love it. Yeah. And I cannot wait to show it to my already loving musicals niece of just three years old Amazing. who I cannot wait to show it to her. Yeah. And, and and I'm looking forward to watching it with my sister again as yeah. well. For, like, because we used to dance around so many musicals and stuff and it's 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 really nice that that's what this brings back to me. Definitely. As well as a comedy masterclass. Yes. yes. <laughs> Barking Carabinette deserves an Oscar for this movie. Oh. But yeah, thank you for giving me an excuse to watch it because I, I do love a movie musical and this is one of the sort of crowning movie musicals like it is so well known and everybody knows the songs and i just have a complicated relationship with it i think that's fair (laughs) i I understand it and i sympathize Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i am a i am a big fan of movie musicals and yeah it just absolutely just brings me joy and i think especially in times like this right now things that can bring us joy are pretty important yeah, 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 and it is fun, and I will now be singing Easy Street all yes. evening. And <laughs> um, so who are you? What are you doing? What are you doing in the future? Where ah. can we find you? So um, I, my name's Grace Kelly Miller. I'm an actress and I work in London. Um, I often work with a company called Open Bar who do Shakespeare round pub gardens over the summer. We've not been told whether it's been cancelled yet, but who knows with the way things are going. Yeah. But if you, you know, it's always worth checking out Open Bar. They put on really good work. Uh, I also have my own solo show, which I was meant to do at Brighton Fringe. Um, with my drag king character, Luke Warm. Nice. <laughs> and he is a very pompous, struggling actor and he loves a bit of musical theatre himself so uh that's why i thought this would be a really good thing to do to help advertise for brighton fringe uh which probably will happen again um i believe they're hopefully going to change the dates to september october 2020 so let's who knows if if that will continue but um, i'm sure i'm sure i shall bring his his show somewhere again uh it's called lukewarm behind the bulge (laughs) it's camp and there are musical theater songs in it and it's fun when did you start doing drag um i've been doing drag for i've been doing burlesque since 2013 and I then created a burlesque act that I was like, oh, this character's a dude. So I started performing as him and only kind of, so he then got a name and then actually got a voice. And so I suppose he's kind of been in existence for, what year are we now? 2020. Um, Must have been like four or five years, I reckon, by now. So... And he's like been progressing and growing, and yeah. he's a whole character of of his own, kind of Brilliant. takes over a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool because I don't really see much drag king. I mean, I'm not in with that scene anyway. But obviously, like drag queens get so much visibility and so much uh, attention these days, with, thanks to RuPaul. It's really nice to find segues into the drag kingdom, as it were. Yeah, I, th- I I think the 
the drag king scene is really interesting and exciting because there aren't so many like like with, like you say with RuPaul lots of people have watched it and mm-hmm. they go oh so this is what drag is yeah. uh, whether you're involved in the scene or not you f- like Joe Bloggs feels like they have a right to comment on somebody's look or what they're doing mm-hmm. whereas because drag kings haven't got these set rules in the same way there's a lot more experimentation there's a lot of more gender fuckery and i think overall that's what drag should be it's a way of using gender to help express different ideas or ways of just completely destroying gender and breaking it apart and and that's what's really fun it's a great it's a great art form because you can use so many different skills within it and um and have a lot of fun yeah that's really cool. Well, good luck yeah. with everything. I really hope that it does get moved to a, a date in the distant future after all this. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It's been really, really, really fun. You've been a brilliant guest. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. No, absolutely. It's been really, really fun. And if you've enjoyed listening to Grace here, you can catch her on her very own podcast, No Small Roles, from Sunday the 2nd of August. This is No Small Roles, a D&D podcast where the story goes wherever the players lead it and the difference between saving the world and dying horribly is down to the roll of the dice. So could I, uh, <laughs> like, talk chicken lizards to it and see <laughs> if it replies without any warning? Um, you can certainly try. What do you say, what do you say to it? Uh, we're, we're friends. We want to know what's going on. Can we approach you? But it comes out as... <laughs> Join us for our first two episodes on Sunday the 2nd of August, wherever you get your podcasts. listening if you enjoy why this film why not head to itunes and leave us a review and you can now support why this film on patreon from as little as one pound a month just head to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast you can find us on facebook at why this film podcast on instagram at why this film podcast and on twitter at why this film pod if you'd like to come on the show and talk about your favourite childhood movie, email into us at whythisfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. What's up, guys and gals and everyone in between? This is Tess from Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast, the place where a fun gal like me dives into the world of comic books one adventure at a time. Join me every Wednesday as I review a new comic book topic with a fun guest. I don't know if you know this, but comic books rule, dude.
As a small business owner, you're always running, running to a meeting, running errands, running out of time. Now, one thing you don't have to worry about is running payroll. Meet Roll by ADP, a first-of-its-kind chat-based payroll app that's powered by AI. Roll is the faster, easier, smarter payroll app. So don't overthink it and say hello to a whole new way to payroll. Download the Roll by ADP app today or go to getroll.com slash chat. That's G-E-T-R-O-L-L dot com slash C-H-A-T. Why This Film Podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. Head to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast and you can select a tier. For £3 a month, you can join Camelot and enjoy early access to episodes, including seasons one to three. You'll get to vote in polls and get a personal shout out on the pod. For £5 a month, you can join Fern Gully with instant access to everything from Camelot. Fern Gully members can also enjoy bonus content, live episode voting power, plus access to monthly movie night. Grab your popcorn and a drink of your choice as we pajama up and watch a movie together remotely. And for £10 a month, you can join the Enchanted Forest, where on top of everything from Camelot and Fern Gully, you can be part of a live episode where we all discuss a movie chosen by you. And if you're not into 80s and 90s animated tiers, you can skip all that and make a custom pledge of an amount that suits you. Or you can head over to co-fi.com forward slash why this film podcast and buy me a coffee with a one-off payment. We will be adding hot chocolate to that coffee and probably cream and marshmallows and sprinkles, but you don't need to worry about that. Thank you to all who donate and thanks to my patron David for supporting this episode on Patreon. Why This Film Podcast is my happy place. I love chatting to guests and revisiting long lost movies and I hope you do too.